The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com slash events where you can get your tickets. It's the evening of Tuesday, October the 10th. That's Budget Day. And you're very welcome to the weekly politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. With me in studio, Mary Minahan and Fia Kelly from our political staff. I'm hoping that our political editor, Pat Lee, may join us a little later. But we'll see how we go. First of all, Mary... What a boring budget. <laughs> we were warned. Um, uh, I was outside government buildings early this morning and uh, actually the ministers have tended to stop talking in the way in, but they were they were quite chatty this morning. Uh, right up to the top, Leo Varadkar strolled up and he said there would be no fireworks, no big bonanza. And he was absolutely right about that. And that was very much the message that was put across by Pascal Donoghue in his speech. Um not much of the vision thing, really. Uh, very sort of, I suppose, the last couple of paragraphs maybe of the speech he strayed into. You know this uh, business about Ireland isn't on the edge of Europe, it's at the centre of the world. How, where the hell did that come from? Did Leo Varadkar said something you know, like that, that a couple of months Radford's ago as well. Yeah, that is Leo thing post-Brexit. Yeah, it's post-Brexit, yeah. you know, foreign policy and it, it fits in with this idea of, you know, increasing our global fo- footprint by opening more embassies and consulates around the world and making sure we have a more generously staffed diplomatic service. So, to so justify it's, so this... So turning th- the looming disaster of Brexit into a positive Ireland's, yes. to use that old phrase, taking its place among the nations exactly. of the Exactly, yeah, well, yes, yes. I think yes. a comparison with Britain becoming increasingly isolationist mm. uh, and indeed the United States, I suppose, as well, to some mm. extent. Uh, and Ireland, yeah, being repositioning itself, not geographically, but uh, kind of in its imagining. So, um, so, so as a... As a political act um, people can listen to our business podcast as well which goes I think in some more detail into the, the fiscal implications of what was announced today but as a political act this was very much a steady as she goes uh, budget from a first time um, Taoiseach and Minister for Finance even though of course Pascal Donoghue's fingerprints have been all over elements of fiscal policy for several years but Fiac do you think that it will work? I mean what are its objectives? Its objectives are to keep the government going for another year at least um, like it's constrained by the environment it operates in. You, you know, you can't have big, bold policy moves or dramatic statements of your preferred ideology because you need to keep Fianna Fáil happy, you need to keep the independents happy. So this budget is very much like the last budget. It's a creature of its own environment and it's, you know, for, the, for, for better or for worse, that's what it is. I know the arguments tonight around around Leinster House is you're saying, like, oh, this is a very boring budget. And they go, yeah, well, do you want to go back to the days when we had, like, firecrackers and spinning jennies and, and stuff like that, when we had, like, spectacular pre-budgets during the, the boom and then savage ger- budgets during the bus? And there is a validity to that argument, you know? Perhaps we're used to pyrotechnics and we should just get used to porridge. So conservative with a small C. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, that kind of, for me, has slightly frightening echoes of Gordon Brown saying, you know, this is the end of boom and bust. Like, do we ever really get to the end of, uh, does a cycle ever come to an end? You know, it doesn't really. Um, Pascal Donoghue was making the point that as a country, we normally take these kind of decisions at times 
uh, of national difficulty and let us resolve to do things differently now. So I suppose what he's saying is, you know, things are tough for a lot of people, but we're not in the depths of an economic crisis. So let's try from his uh, point of view to plot a steady course. But, you know, as Fiek says, it's the confidence and supply measures make things very tricky for Fianna Fáil, and you would have heard Pascal Donoghue at the beginning of his speech pay a tribute to Fianna Fáil, which, you know, it, it must be a bit of a nightmare for them. They're kind of well, it's, almost, it's, you know, OK, on the one hand, it makes them look responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Sinn Féin gets elevated on the nine o'clock news, you know, to the, the sort of the peak opposition slot, if you like. Uh, and I know just from talking to people around Fianna Fáil, it's much easier to be a pure opposition party when sure. budget time comes around. Yeah. It's a lot trickier when it comes to confidence. And, and how supply. did how did the party with its two spokespeople manage that today? Yeah, well, uh, Michael McGrath and Dara Kaliri split their time, and uh, you know, spoke in quite a quite a measured way. Um, you know, they see they're kind of they've been fighting over crumbs really. So you know, I suppose it's difficult <laughs> for them to get too too excited afterwards. They can take some credit. Like I well, think, I they, think can they can take the credit for the five. Yeah. You know the five euro increase yeah. on the social the welfare. Five euro yeah, they can take. Yeah. They, 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 they are getting some yeah. movement on the national treatment purchase fund, which is a, a hobby horse of uh, Michal Martin's um, on scoliosis treatment, as well as another mm. uh, big issue for the party on education. They have definitive policy wins they can point to, and it suits both Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael to continue along this path for now. Because as we saw by the. Irish Times Ipsos MRVI poll last week they're doing quite well thank you very much mm. Fine Gael is on 31% Fianna Fáil is on 29% significantly up from the general election showing last year so this arrangement for now is suiting them well and the poll also said that 65% of people don't want an election so they know they have to keep this ticking over on terms that suit each other and the language again was similar to the first budget of last year when it was all about you know the centre ground will hold and you know kind of strangled you know uses of Yates this year was the, this is a budget for responsible politicians and this is you know I think Derek Cleary had a memorable phrase where he said, we are practical politicians who see problems and want to solve them, whereas others are politicians who see problems and want to talk about them. And he was very much saying that's us, that's us guys across the chamber. And there is a kind of reality, isn't there, Mary, that everybody's a bit kind of a bit meh about the fiver a week for everybody in the country, whether it be through their taxes or social whatever. But the reality is that's more than people would have been paying in their water charges, which everybody got so exercised about oh, well, a couple of years ago. The whole point is that, uh, you know, the average person will be getting more back in refunds of water charges than they're going to get uh, by year's end from the budget. I forgot but, about that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the fiver thing is, <laughs> yeah, the fiver thing is interesting. You know, you think back to 2015 mm-hmm. when uh, Joan Burton um, introduced uh, the first increase for many, many years for pensioners and it was three euro. Mm. And she was absolutely slaughtered for it because people found it patronising. They said at the time, you know, you wouldn't give a child anything less than a fiver. Now it's got to be paper money, yeah, not rapidly re- money. You I know? remember seeing Michael Noonan in the hall one time and he said, you've got to give him a note. You've got to have to give him the note in the hand. And obviously he put it, you know, yeah, three I mean, euro wasn't good enough. And then Joe Burton tonight stood up in the doll and lambasted the government yeah. for giving people an, what was effectively a welfare increase, three euro. <laughs> like politics just kind of ridiculous. But it's all about you context. Now, yeah. Yeah. Yes, after many years of... Uh, toiling in the vineyards. <laughs> <laughs> 
speaking of vineyards, alcohol yeah. untouched. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of things that might have been done weren't done. You know, I mean, there were sort of housekeeping things like there's a there's a commitment to increasing um, the threshold for inheritance tax, basically up to yeah. up to five hundred thousand. And there was a general presumption that there would be a move in the in you know in that direction this year because it needs to be done in a stepped way. That didn't happen. There was talk that there was need to uh, readjust uh, taxes on diesel because of everything we know now about diesel and you know to rebalance that in relation to petrol. There's talk about carbon taxes. None of that kind of stuff happened at all. No, um, it seems to be, the rule seems to be that while a policy might be in the programme for government, as inheritance tax is, if it's not in the confidence supply, then it's very much a secondary policy. The confidence supply is the document which basically runs the rule over this government governmental arrangement. And I think there is no doubt that Finnegale would like to move on inheritance tax. I ex- suspect that if the uh, fiscal space for the next budget, which we anticipate will be on three billion as it stands now, if that remains as is and they have a lot more money to spend, you would see a dramatic move on inheritance tax. But the money just wasn't there this year; they weren't going to do it. Finnegale, to its credit, you know some of the policies today were counterintuitive for them: uh, sharp increases in stamp duty on commercial property, tackling land hoarding by you know fake and site levies. Perhaps it would have been a step too far. How significant are those, even if one were to look at them as a parcel of measures, which are partly obviously revenue raising, particularly the, the, the stamp duty increase, although, again, on the business podcast, it was suggested that it's, it's, a, it's too late, whatever about too little, it's too late because actually the big deals have already happened. But, you know, a number of measures which wouldn't have been greeted with great enthusiasm by developers and people mm. in the building industry, although Tom Parlin didn't look too unhappy. No, Tom Parlin was going around pretending to be unhappy today, complaining about the uh, increase in stamp duty in commercial buildings. But I think they had to. There has been a, a, a thinking knocking around government for some time that Fine Gael would have to pursue some of these counterintuitive policies if it was to prove to the people that it was serious, serious. about the housing policy. And look, there are a lot of elements of policy that have been introduced, but today and in previous weeks, for example, the health to bike scheme being retained, the change of standards in apartments that are what developers were looking for. They had to probably, to give themselves political cover, for encouraging developers to get up and build, you know, they had to give some sort of stick to that arrangement as well. Yeah, they made a big play on the vacant site levy, um, but there seemed to be nothing on vacant homes, which I I know was pretty disappointing for a lot of uh, housing advocates, if you like. So, you know, OK, Fake has outlined the measures that were spoken of, and they were they were talked of quite early in Pascal Donoghue's speech but you know I think Sinn Féin's Pierce Doherty was really able to claim that housing was kind of the big blank in the speech. Uh, I think Owen Murphy the Minister with Responsibility was looking particularly glum today. Uh, do you know, he didn't get, do you think he might have been looking for more things? Uh, that he I, I suppose we have to hold fire on this a little because mm. there may be more to come now uh, in the next few days uh, but yeah. it certainly wasn't really, his day today. I think the really interesting thing about housing policy today is that Fianna Fáil and, fin- and the government are now adding them on their housing on their housing policy. Like Fianna Fáil has called for a number of things over the last couple of months. One, um, dealing with that exemption for capital gains tax for anybody who bought assets uh, between 2012 and 2014, I think. So because that, it seemed to be encouraging land Yes, at the they wanted that dealt with. Today, that, that, that exemption period was kind of shortened to four years, although you can still exe- avail of the exemption full. They wanted a new agency or an agency uh, to deal with, you know, house development, house building. We got one on housing finance. They wanted a vacant site levy. They got it. They've got an awful lot of things they want. Mm -hmm. So the funny thing is now that if the uh, 
thrust of government policy on housing isn't seen to be working or isn't working quick enough. Fianna Fáil own that problem as Fianna well. Fianna Fáil own that problem now too. Even though when Michael McGrath stood up in the Dáil, Mary, today, his kind of his springboard for his speech was to attack the government on housing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I suppose it is a bit of an open, uh, an open goal because I think... I suppose you would put Brexit maybe at the top of the list of problems facing the government at the moment, but you'd have to say housing and homelessness would be a very close second at this stage. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not convinced enough was given in that speech Given the seriousness, uh, given the seriousness of the problem facing the country at the moment, they don't look like emergency measures, do they? I mean, there's a certain, there's a relatively leisurely introduction of a couple of the the penalties. There is a for the penalties for for there's a huge argument, and I think you know, Derek Leary was correct when he said, "We've heard enough of your announcements. We just need to see some houses." And there is a strong argument to that that both government and Fianna Fáil need to settle on a, a policy framework to deal with the housing problem and just let it develop let it flow like these ideas of targets are pretty much nonsense you can't say we're going to build 5,000 years 5,000 units next year because you can't possibly hold yourself to that so I think there is an argument now to this policy framework is settled give it a while and because both parties own it to such an extent they should give it the cover it needs or give it the leeway it needs to work one line that Dara Cleary had was, you know, you keep spinning, we keep being responsible. Uh, and the this, this spin thing, I suppose, refers to uh, the Strategic Communications Unit, which was supposed to be cost neutral. But in the budget documents, it seems to have been allocated five million euro, which is an awful lot of money, especially when you compare it to what the Department of Arts is getting in increased uh, funding yeah, of nine quick, million. Absolutely. A quick round on yeah, the subject, subject, subject of, of, of interest to me. I've been going to endless presentations for the last year or so with fancy video screens and lights and bells and whistles about the government's commitment essentially to take culture in a way seriously in a way it never has done previously and to double investment in it over the next seven years. Now the Arts Council got less than a 5% increase this year. You don't need to be a mathematical genius to figure out that's not going to get to where you want to go in seven years. If they had got that 5 million which is purely going on on this new spin department, they would have been actually hitting their targets. So it you is, just wonder. It's I mean, about, it's very about hard that. to understand. Like we're not a country rich in resources. You know, we're not a Germany, uh, but we have this amazing uh, kind of cultural heritage mm. that we. I think we fail to exploit at our peril. Mm. And that is why tourists come here. That's why people are interested in Ireland. Uh, And the disjunction between what was said and the actions on on today, and also, it should be said, the sums of money in the context of what we've been talking about up to now are infinitesimally small. There are five million versus ten million. The one curious thing about today's budget, and, you know, we did a kind of stand-up interview at Pascal Dunhu for our website. Um, In the hours after, um, I said to him, you know, you clearly... There are clearly conflicting interests here in taxation policy. You clearly want to deal with the threshold which pe- people enter the higher rate of income tax. Fianna Fáil are maintaining their adherence to the conference supply agreement and you know the stipulation that universal social charge should be reduced. And he said, yeah, well, I'll deal with that later in the year. So I think we are going to get um, some sort of multi-year plan from the government later this year about where they see income tax policy and, you know, fiscal policy going and that we, we're this budget started to show the cracks of the divergence between the two main parties that that would probably shape the next election and where would they be well you know we were sick of talking about it now but you know the people who get up early in the morning <laughs> that's exactly what that increase in the threshold of uh, the that's already a win for Leo Varadkar, isn't it? That we're using the language that he chose to introduce yeah. into the debate. But yeah. it was such a pity comment, and it yeah. like it broke through, and probably to much their delight, it 
provoke the angst of people on the left and people on the, the soft left. So I think, you know, the that move today was a indication of where he wants to go. So I would probably expect that if he was given free reign and if Pascal Donahue was given free reign, without the confidence bloke, we would be seeing a lot more focusing on that cohort of people that, you know, 33, what's well, now 34,000 euro and, and above, I think, at which you entered a higher tax bracket. And, you know, it allows Fianna Fáil to fall back on its centre-left view of itself. Mm. So I think it, that's going to be an interesting dynamic in the months ahead. Yeah. So the people, I suppose, because the people, I suppose, Mary, who actually gained least from this budget were the people on very low wages, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's true, because um, when somebody frames a budget, they're always, they have to set up their own hierarchy of, of the needy, if you like. And I suppose, depending on your political perspective, your ideological perspective, how you stack up that hierarchy is going to be completely different. But yeah, I think Pierce Doherty, Sinn Féin, quoting him again, I was able to say in advance of the budget today that he had, he believed that, uh, you know, what he called average workers uh, would only get a euro's increase. Uh, and, you know, it is a, it's a very, very small amount. It absolutely goes without saying. And I suppose people that fall into that category Category. To be to be quite crude about it, you know, would be people that perhaps might smoke. You know, there were a few things in the budget that made it us prick up our ears. I was just looking there for the reference in the speech. I can't find it now, but about the sunbeds. Now, we weren't expecting to be talking about sunbeds. Yeah, I never realised sunbeds were on reduced fat rate, which seems a bit seems, odd, seems, actually, seems anyway. bizarre to me, but like, yeah. so, so, so they are. Um, but, you know, it, I think the budget, it's, it's incrementalism, you know, makes it boring. Um, but they will wear it as a wear as a as a virtue, you know that you know this is the way. Like <laughs> the word sustainable was used over and over again yeah. today. Sustainable increase. We don't want to wake up and have a big tax cut and then have a massive tax rise three or four years later. But you know the funny thing is, you often hear politicians saying, "Well, budget day is such an old-fashioned concept." You know this idea of a big yeah. bang and sure and and and, uh, and today would kind of lend you to agree them. Going, yeah, yeah. it's kind of dull enough, so why don't you get rid of it? But they're just addicted to the spectacle. Yeah. They like the build-up. They like the razzmatazz. They like standing there in front of a packed chamber live on TV. And have they entirely given up on the thing that we heard about about, about new politics that it was all going to be out in the open in advance, N- not through the leaking process? Which <laughs> long may that continue? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think they have. Like there, there is an independent budgetary office long promise now set up but wasn't set up in time to have a um, you know tangible effect in this year's process it's in place now and they fully expect it to be really up and running by this time next year and there's a new director of that office her name escapes me but speaking to a few people on the budgetary committee who have been involved they're very impressed by her and they think you know she's challenging assumptions in a certain way like for example this year she challenged the calculation of the fiscal space and actually went back and said you know you actually have a billion here more than you're telling than you believe you have to play with so like you can imagine if that intervention was made three or four months out from a budget by the budgetary oversight officer the budgetary committee whatever it is that would have a serious bearing on the debate that's a big change that is a big change and you know speaking to a couple of people involved in drafting the budget they anticipate that that will have a big impact next year when there's a lot more money to spend as well explain to me if you can and if you can't that's fine also why there's a lot more money next year? Because there is something called the MTO, which is the medium term objective. It's based about balancing your books to a certain extent that if you bring it down to, I think it's a structural deficit of 0.5, that then you are re- released under European rules to spend more money. 
basically. If you hit your targets, you can spend more money. Okay, that, so you can be good boys for long enough. Yes. And then something, a, a yes. box opens up with access yeah. to money. Conveniently within shouting distance of an election. Oh, indeed, yeah. I, I don't think, like, it doesn't matter. It's basically the rules of the rules. No, no, no I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah. No, 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 but I'm saying conveniently for Fine well, Gael, though, within shouting distance of an election. As we've talked about before, uh, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar has, has proved to be a lucky general to date, you know. But uh, I think the problem and political problem in budgets is that, you know, if you spread the money too thinly, then nobody really benefits in any sure. kind of substantial way. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's fair to say the pensioners were looked after, but the pensioners got their fiver. And, you know, I suppose if you, like I mentioned, the, the Joan Burton three euro reference and how that was that, you know, what's the difference between three and five euro, you might say, but it, it one insulted people and the other I'm not saying they're jumping for joy about it. Like anything less than five would have, there would have been war. But yeah. uh, you know, five is kind of acceptable. It's grand. It's, grand. Uh, it's, it's you know, yeah. it's a shrug. Yeah. Like right, yeah. okay. But the you know, I suppose you have to think about the three euro increase in the context of that. You know, pensioners' supports for them had been withdrawn in previous austerity budgets, so it was kind of hmm. it was kind of hammering that home. But um, no increase in child benefit is an interesting one, where all the other uh, sort of state benefits were hmm. went up by by the fiver except for that one but is mm. there but is there oh and the door foot. opens and in comes with a, beer, a bottle of beer in his hand only Pat Lee uh, from uh, Kildare Street um, is Pat Lee our political editor uh, with what news Pat from the front <laughs> Good evening, everybody. And uh, the budget has become infinitely more exciting. Uh, Delighted I am to be here. I take it you've just completed to the um, the page one lead story for the Join this evening's symposium. Yes, yeah. I have indeed. And yes. What, what, yeah. what, what are you going to be telling us? Can I have a beer for a second? Yeah, and and, and, and you guys nice can. You have a nice uh, check, check pilsner yeah. there. That's uh, just sound effects. He's not really in, in front of you. I should admit that we have all been eating a bit of pizza and drinking a bit of beer while having this conversation. Had the other half live. We we just so you know, Pat. You know, we've basically covered everything. So you've arrived too late but I'm sure you'll have, you'll have I see you'll have, you've you'll drunk have, most of the beers as well. we have indeed drunk drunk most of the beer um, I suppose really there you, you just you, you just talked there about um, Leo Varadkar being a, a lucky general to what extent you mentioned the fact that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael have risen gently in the polls in the in the last 12 months or so how much of this is about the economic upturn the thing that Fine Gael grabbed at too quickly at the last election when not enough people were feeling it but maybe there is a slightly more of a feel good factor out there now yeah well I mean every minister holds a bit of a briefing in uh, the Italian rooms in government buildings which sound much swankier than they are uh, but um, I was at Simon Coveney's and actually on another day the news coming out of that would have you know probably made would have made much more of a fuss you know it was really interesting he talked about um, yeah, it was very optimistic in tone he talked about Ireland you know um, increasing its diplomatic footprint and opening up uh, new embassies in uh, Chile and Colombia in Jordan and then consulates in Vancouver because uh, Justin Trudeau and Leo Varadkar get on so well and there are loads that's what he said and that there are loads of young Irish people in Canada now and also in Mumbai and uh, they'll they'll be opening some kind of an Ireland house in Japan Um, and he talked about how you know Ireland would be 
he hoped getting back on track on its ODA, its Overseas Development uh, Assistance, which has had a pretty poor track record in recent years. Sure, all the targets have been missed. Yeah, and he's saying, like, at least now they've stopped the drop. And uh, he, you know, he wants to kind of, he he actually said, if there's one thing I want to achieve in this job, it's to get back to what we promised on that. Now, when he was challenged on when we might get to the 0.7% of GNP, he said in 2030, which... Seems an awful long time away, yeah. but the contributions to ODA did hold up. They weren't abolished completely during the uh, uh, during the um, period of austerity. They were still giving, you know, six, seven hundred million a year, if memory serves. Um, on that, I think it's interesting what you say about you know are the stars beginning to align and that type of thing. Actually, I think this budget is the budget before the stars align economically, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons, I think, why we saw this dramatic expansion, late expansion in the size of the budget funded by the uh, funded by the tax increases that Pascal Dunham announced. We've just been talking for the last half about how undramatic the whole thing was, so it's good to hear. No, I thought a, the ta- I, I, view. I thought well, uh, it, it was undramatic, possibly to Fiek because he broke the story <laughs> on uh, on Saturday. But I can I, I can tell you. Uh, um, it, it was, I, I think, dramatic to at least some people within government and yes. to people outside government who were affected, uh, yes, sir, affected by. I agree. With these myself and Mary talking about the, the, the specific measures being so thinly spread that mm. there was no big bang, but the the, the, the the change in the process was dramatic. Like speaking to a couple of ministers over the weekend, they didn't think it was going to be as much as a billion or above. Um, mm. They were conditioned to expect it to be much, much smaller. So that was dramatic. But what we were saying was perhaps that the the effect of individual measures on, on individuals will not be as dramatic. Yeah, I mean, I think every budget is, you know, a, a compendium of um, of measures. A couple of things did strike my eye. Definitely, I think the expansion in uh, the expansion, the size of the budget, and rather the way he did it. So if you look back to what Michael Noonan did for the last, uh, uh, the last two or three of his budgets, actually, was that he essentially found money down the back of the couch. He got money from the central bank and he re- they recalculated the fiscal space and there was a change in this and change in that. And that gave him extra money uh, to play with on budget day. But Pascal Donoghue didn't do that. He did something a lot more straightforward. He needed extra money, so he raised taxes on people. And in a way, I think what we witnessed today is the, the end of the primacy of the fiscal space in... Uh, you know, in budget construction, because, you know, people have been talking, ministers have been talking, uh, you know, to, to the mystification of many people over the last number of years about how the fiscal space was constraining them on budget day. Now, Pascal Donner didn't break the fiscal rules, mm. but he got around them by raising substantial amounts of revenue. Well, probably his to do. And so is that move away from, to uh, bring up last, week, last week's tedious argument, wiggle room or wriggle room, and that way in which a, a finance minister constrained by all these things has no power that Pascal Dillon who said but, I'm going to need well, to raise some revenue no, I'm going to bring in this new stamp duty thing and that's going to allow me to do extra no action. finance minister will have as much money as he wants to do the things that he sure. and his and, and his colleagues want to do but I think there is what we've seen today is is kind of a rewriting of the political rules of budget making uh, to an extent I don't think it's the election budget I think it's the budget that maybe gets them to the election uh, to the election budget but to do that he has basically uh, I think and I sort of think it's in keeping with some of the approaches that we've seen from Leo Varadkar which is uh, you know a willingness to do and say things that previously were viewed as somehow uh, in, in, in for dig and I think that this 
uh, his expansion of the budget aid, the manner in which he does it, now means that future budgets will be a lot less predictable because once you open up mm. this, the vista of revenue raising to do things with, he may live to regret it perhaps, mm. you know, but uh, because, you know, as I say, no finance minister has enough resources for everybody and the question now, cha- it changes the politics of budget making to this extent at least. Anybody who, who comes to him and says, well, you know, you why didn't you do this for me? Or he's accused in the doll of not doing, uh, not doing something for whatever particular, uh, uh, for whatever particular interest group. He 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 will find it much more difficult to plead now. I didn't have the money. I didn't have but the fiscal he, space to um, do it. You know, is he starting to show what kind of a minister for finance he is? I get the impression that, from what I know of him, and you guys would know of him a lot more than I do, is that he's he's quite comfortable with sitting in that chair and taking that role and saying, "Okay, I'm listening to you all. Thank you very much." In his very polite way, and then he'll say yes or no, and that's you know, and that's fine. Yeah, and that's the way he'll do it. I think it suits him. I think what you know, Pat Pat says is right. um, That you you know, it's the first time that in the last, I don't know how long, that, you know, the Irish public will be hit with the reality that, you know, if you want to cut taxes, you have to pay for them elsewhere. If you want to increase public spending, you have to pay for it elsewhere. Gone are the days when you can do yeah. both and live on the never-never and wait for the inevitable crash. That's over. So maybe, well, we're bemoaning the fact the budget was incredibly boring. Maybe that lesson in itself will you be see, a worthwhile see, your one. lives are much more exciting than mine. Um, <laughs> uh, but I actually, <laughs> I thought it was a lot more interesting today, for those, for those reasons at least, you know. Yeah, it was. And like, you know, the... the yeah, what Pat says now, Pat says actually, if you follow through the conclusion to that, right, the debate earlier in the summer and, you know, into September was, is he going to raise raise the 9% VAT rate? If he brought the 9% VAT rate back up to 13.5%, that would get, give him an extra 500 million quid. If he brought it to 10%, it would give him an extra 150 million quid. They postponed doing that today. So now, if you take Pat's argument, next year the debate will be, well, why don't you raise that? Mm. to give me my money that I want for this and I want for that. So, you know... Which, which one might well do. And those levers are available to me. In advance of the budget, and perhaps listen to today, Mary, I thought, oh, they're haggling around this, you know, is it going to be 0.25% mm. off one bit of the USC or off the other bit of the USC, or they spread it across? These are tiny, you know, you know, splitting hairs. Uh, mm. and, and that's what the budget seemed to be. But now I'm completely convinced, and I've totally turned my mind around from where we started this podcast, and Pat has just uh, persuaded me that this is an exciting new vista <laughs> Of, of an energetic <laughs> Department of Finance which can actually intervene in a positive way in the economy in a way we haven't seen in generations, if well, ever. Achievement if I'm rewarding myself with a slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we won't, so we won't, we won't ask him a question while he's so, eating pizza. Yeah, I mean, for, for nerds like us, that's very interesting. But, uh, you know, I suppose how is the budget going to be absorbed at home? I, I passed a man talking into his mobile phone on the way down and I heard him say, the story of the budget is sunbeds and a sugar tax. You know, mm. it's just, it's amazing. It obviously depends yeah. on your perspective, what you take out of it. You know, are you a landlord? And are you a parent, a pensioner? Whatever yeah. you are, like you'll have a, or if you work in the arts, you know, you'll have a different and perspective. Next year's, Budget will show as we just spoke with the fiscal rules before you come in, Pat, and you know next year's gives some more space to mm-hmm. play around with. Is was this dramatic change born of necessity? Because they had to do it because they were confined by Fianna Fáil and we want to go to the USC and you want that and I want this. Oh, we have to find money somewhere, so let's do it. Or is it the start of a pattern where they will consistently do it? Like, will they accept three point two billion? I think they're going to have in new spending and tax available for new spending and tax cuts next year. Will they accept that three point two billion as red? 
or will they go off and do what they did this year and raise taxes elsewhere? Well, I, I think they were forced into it by necessity because I think the process was that Leo Varadkar and Pascal Donahue concluded, mm-hmm. you know, three or four weeks ago, we cannot do a budget with 500 million euros mm. on budget day, 180 of which is already mm. uh, uh, committed to the public sector pay agreement. You know, so effectively leaving them with 500 mi- or with 300 mm. million, saying we can't do a budget mm. on that. We can't do a budget, you know, in the next mm. field mm. to that. So having accepted the political reality of that situation, they then logically concluded that they had to raise revenue. And I suppose if you're going to raise a bit of revenue, you might as well raise a chunk of revenue, particularly as the bulk of it is being raised by increase on, 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 you know, on, on, on commercial... One of the most popular sections of the population, Indeed. property developers I don't and vulture funds. I don't, yeah. I don't see marches down Kildare Street in support of uh, yeah. commercial property investors <laughs> somehow or another, deserving and all, as many of them no doubt are. But um, Much beloved in parts of But, but, but having it. done that, having done that, and having kind of crossed that Rubicon, as it were, yeah. then the option is now there for them. I, I, I think it is mm. unlikely that when it comes to next year that they will say, well, not you know, it. we couldn't possibly do that again. But was this year an easy target? Was this year, you know, as you, we say, I heard a great conversation between somebody in the Independence Alliance and Tom Parlow, and I heard the thing going, you know, he goes, well, well, you know, I think Parliament was slagging the independence. He goes, well, Tom, it was a hard decision for us to you know, tax you guys and then give it to the poor and, you know, the elderly. It was a tough one, but we did it like, you know, you know, the, the choice to be made in the future are more difficult. Yeah, the choice made in the future are more difficult. Like you saw, there was an intense lobbying campaign for that VAT rate when there was any sniff of being touched because, you know, it's not just we think of it as the big hotels in Dublin. But, you know, the main lobbying was done by rural publicans, restaurateurs, you know, small B&Bs. Really? Or was the main lobbying done by lobbyists on behalf of large organisations which represent both those sets of people? Perhaps. Pointed but, at the impoverished County the, Monaghan uh, bar owner. Yes, but the, the persuasive the argument was made by the fact that there were these people in rural Ireland. Mm. It wasn't just, you know, the big hotels in Dublin. That's, what's won, that's what won the argument. So, you know, it's easy to give Tom and the lads a kick in the bum. But, you know, what do you do when it's the public and down the road? So finally, just to wrap it up, we heard a lot today and over the last few days, Mary, about the fact that this is as important as we may decide it is, but that actually some of the most important stuff is still yet to come, mm. that it's a huge amount of what faces the country over the next few years is about dealing with infrastructure, housing, yeah. obviously, you know, transport, making the country work properly, you know, what, wh- sure. h- how all that's going to work. Is, is that the case? I, I think mean, so. Like, I think a lot of the, you know, Pat is right, like next year's budget is going to be much, even more exciting than this one for you, Pat. But uh, <laughs> seriously, though, I think a lot will depend on the state of our public services come this time next year Mm. you know at the moment uh, you know you've got kids waiting for ages for speech therapy for occupational therapy if we're still in that terrible position this time next year and those are things are not necessarily solved by simply more resources Obviously, that has a role to play, but it's also got to do with the way people work and. Well, that's what was thrashed out between and we, you know, between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, This whole kind of 
services mm. over tax cuts thing like that is that is a real point I'm of not, difference I'm like not, that's but not, also this is just not, a, but a sheer management issue as well mm. isn't it I mean the government has pointed out you know we spend more on health than nearly anywhere yeah. else in the world and so we have this health system which is clearly inferior to many places I'm, yeah. I'm, choking, I'm choking to myself because again you know it's the, the things you are here in budget day are quite entertaining in a way of speaking to someone saying you know we've given them 600 and odd million the HSE this year they can mm. go away and they've got all the money they're ever going to get if they don't do it that's it we're giving them no more and many times we've heard that in the past like every you know, budget day. every yeah. budget yeah. time so I should say I bumped into Michael Noonan in the car park in Leinster House. Uh, how is he and looking? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. We miss him for his millions and billions, you know. Um, and his strange way of saying what year it is. <laughs> Two eighteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 218. He, he developed that. But I asked him, you know, I've got to ask him how he thought Pascal did, you know. And he said, I, I can't do the accent. Maybe one of you guys like to step in. We don't know what he said. He well, and he had to do the job all by himself, you know. <laughs> I had Brendan Howland to help me, but. I have yeah. Brendan Howland to announce all the yeah, not very all the popular nasty stuff. Yeah, that's a story for another. Well, I mean. All in all, then, uh, it started off as being the most boring budget in living memory, and then now it appears it is actually quite exciting and uh, has opened <laughs> up all that. kinds of possibilities <laughs> for the future. There's nothing that beer and pizza won't do to actually open <laughs> it, it, over the it, course it, of a podcast it improves to change a the course of uh, It improves a man's outlook on life, no end. In I so many it. ways. That's yeah. not just true of podcasts, it's true of so many <laughs> yeah. things in life. If you're going to the Fianna Fáil Ordesh, we have a live podcast between three and four in the RDS. It's very important. Do come live. along. If you're at the live podcast in the RDS, well, it's live and then we'll record, and then the recorded version of it will, will go out on the internet. I have a question: uh, Will there, kind of there be beers? Well, you know, um, it is there are never day. beers at a Fianna Fáil. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We'll see you all there on Saturday. Thanks very much for listening. 